This one is called the pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. If you've been wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, just ask Ed. Yes, just go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. And remember, Daryl and Ed love you. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. You are not kidding. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting live from Chobo Studios in... Beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Wow. We're at the Chobo News Desk about to deliver the good news. Yeah, so what do we have in store for us today? Let me take off the sunglasses and see what we have. Today's show is called Open the Door for More Miracles with Kirk Chelson. There's only one habit to break. Break this habit and you'll open the door to more health, happiness, love, opportunities, and prosperity. And what is the one habit? Criticism. Refrain from criticism and you'll be amazed by the improvements. On this episode, Daryl and Ed highlight the wonderful fact that love naturally takes over whenever we resist the urge to criticize ourselves or others. And during the second segment, critical free Kirky, Kirk Chelson. He helps us to avoid the pitfalls and potholes of criticism with today's reading, which I think comes from what year? 1928. 1928, I am free, man. These 1928... Daily words, words of power that uh, Michael, Reverend Michael Schoonover sends us are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it really drives home the fact that uh, sometimes the, the purest medicine is the oldest medicine. Mm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. We have a, a short announcement to make about being a member of the Funniest Thing Club. You probably already are a member if you're listening. Why don't you tell them what that means, Daryl? Yes, being a member of the Funniest Thing Club. You may already be a member. Yes. And uh, just to remind everyone what a member is, and let people who don't know what a member is. Right. We're a group of truth enthusiasts who live each day as ambassadors of God's love. Yes. As we consciously radiate love, we perform everyday miracles and experience better than expected outcomes. If you're already living this way or strive to, then you may consider yourself a member. Mm. We motivate one another by simply sharing how miracles occurred naturally in our circumstances as the result of living lovingly and expectantly. And you know what? Before we thank everybody, yeah, because that goes perfectly into thanking everyone. It really does. And goes perfectly into doing the mail, the quick little mailbag after right. this because we love hearing, because when it says here we motivate one another by simply sharing how these miracles occurred naturally in our lives as a result of applying love and praise instead of criticism and condemning. Right. 
fear and anger. Um, we like hearing that, and that's why we appreciate your letters. But I just came across a great book I highly recommend. We're going to read a little from it today. It's called Dynamics for Living by Charles Fillmore. It's one of the oldies but goodies. Yes. And if you're familiar with Charles Fillmore's writings, he's a lot like Ernest Holmes. Well, they were they were colleagues and contemporaries, so it makes sense that their writing style was similar. Don't mm. you agree? You would yeah. think, you know, they were born about the same time and they they started sharing this about the same time in their lives. And we love both those writers. However, both those writers they can be sometimes you read it and you go, wait, what did I read? Like you could, you have to kind of shrink it down. Like Ed, what did you do? How did you suggest you read uh, Fillmore and Holmes? Like oh. do you just take like a little. Yeah, I tend to find like one paragraph that I highlight out of like a ten-page chapter that really like nails it. You could feel yeah. when like the joy is really flowing. Exactly. And those paragraphs like stand out because they really like in very simple language. Uh, just give a, give you the medicine, and that's what Daryl and I are always yeah. looking for. That's why we usually go to our go to writers are Butterworth, Emmett Fox, Florence Scovelson, Catherine Ponder, and we've shared many others that are similar. But I got great news for you folks. This book, Dynamics for Living, it's the writings of Charles Fillmore, but. They're broke. They're, he, they just, it's just all those paragraphs that Ed talked about that are just hit you right in the right spot. And it was compiled by a friend of his who knew him for decades and said he wanted to get the real life Fillmore in the writings. He said, I knew Charles Fillmore as a man with a diamond character, his sparkling humor, his radiant smile, his luminescent logic quickened the atmosphere of every room he entered. And he wanted to make sure that you could read Fillmore since he had passed right. in a way that really, um, how would you say it, expressed the personality, his true personality. So this book, Dynamics for Living, is the one. But this is what caught my eye. And this is really... If you're, this is like giving the description of a member of the Funniest Thing Club. And it's just describing, Fillmore is basically describing, if you're wondering, what is unity? Because it's really not a religion, you know, and it came out of the New Thought Movement. And you go, what is unity? And it's not even, it was never even intended to be in the certification business at all. Right. And this is from Charles Fillmore. Unity is a link in the great educational movement inaugurated by Jesus Christ. Our objective is to discern the truth in Christianity and prove it. The truth that we teach is not new, neither do we claim special revelations or discovery of new religious principles. Our purpose is to help and teach mankind to use and prove the Eternal Truth Taught by the Master. And that's by Charles Fillmore himself. Mm, very nice. Very nice. I, I love that. I'm really taking in what he's saying regarding, like, um, not... He's really emphasizing that the principles that are being taught are eternal principles. They're not inventing something new. Right. And it's very different when... Because a lot of people who want to sell programs 
think they need to sell it in terms of I've just like I've, I've discovered. discovered something new. I went to all these things and I'm going to teach you the one thing they didn't teach. And it's like what that does is like it it really feeds our critical mind that the part of us that criticizes ourselves thinks yes. that there's something that we need to get, something that needs to change, something new that we're not getting, some secret that's being withheld from yeah. us when any true teacher of this stuff really I was thinking about this right like if you know something that is good for me yeah or that I've proven in my own life well yeah you've lived it this is and then you see something that I could learn from you right you don't call me and go like Ed I know something you need to know now pay me three installments of 499 and over that time <laughs> I will tell you you know what I mean yeah. it's, you just call me and you Tell me yeah. what that truth is. And, and that's, that's kind of what they were doing. Yeah. And it was these, these truth teachings that what I like about it is it puts, a, it, it puts it into our own laboratory. Like our life, they, a lot of them said our life is our laboratory. Yeah. And that's where the, the show about letting go of criticism really comes into play. Yeah. Because when those crit criticisms are floating around within our own self, those are the things that get in the way of yes. God's. God working through us, you know? Well, that's why Unity didn't start off in the certification business because that creates self-doubt. Mm. They were actually just saying, hey, try these principles that Jesus was teaching and said that, you know, if you if you think along these lines, you know, the when Jesus said, follow me, he didn't mean... Like, just follow him around. Right. Or say you know me. He was actually like, follow the leader. You know, do what I do. Mm -hmm. And you're. I've discovered some things that aren't even new. Even he said that, you know. He was even saying, look, these have always been there, mm -hmm. but we got lost somehow in the dogma of religion. And I'm here to let you know, you don't need to go. Th you can contact your source right now. And if you live lovingly and expectantly, that's all he was saying. If you live lovingly and expectantly, and most of all, stop criticizing yourself or condemning yourself, you know, or sinning, which is self-imposed nonsense, then you will live with good health, happiness, love, success, and prosperity. And that's all of, that's all unity was was sharing the same teachings in the 20th century. Saying right. and their big thing back then was look, these weren't miracles of old. These are miracles of now. And we don't need Jesus here in the physical to do magic for us. He taught us how to live you know lovingly and expectantly to produce a life that works effortlessly and you could live without fear and anxiety and most of all, joyfully. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, taken further, it's the whole story is that the Christ exists within each one of yes. us, which is why these metaphysical teachings are so important that when he said, to one of his disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? This was in my yeah. mind this morning. When I, and, that, and that is everything. Because that, when we criticize ourselves, we are the one who are saying, yes. 
the Christ within us is saying, who do you say that I am? Because that's what we get to experience. We get to experience more of what we say about ourselves and others. We're judged by the judgments of our own mind, of our own I mean, a lot of times someone handed us these kind of like, right. and we uh, unintentionally or maybe intentionally at that time we took it in because we thought, I thought in order to survive and yeah. you know get love, I have to believe this. I'm going to play along. So there was intention there even at yeah. a young age, yeah. but I just didn't necessarily know what the, what the effect of that, like in, yes. in the true kingdom, the kingdom is always here, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just learning so much about myself right now, and this show is is coming at the perfect time. Let's let's thank yeah. the Patreon folks. If you want to contribute to the show, please do. Patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Uh, actually, Grace Deathridge t- chimed in from and said, thank you both for class number one and for our homework. Looking forward to seeing Daryl's God Box next week. This month we've been doing it. We just started doing a four-week prosperity class on Tuesdays through Patreon for people who are contributing. Yeah, so if you're listening and you didn't hear about it and you're a Patreon member, yeah. just check your email and you'll see the link. And don't beat yourself up since this is a critical free episode. Don't criticize yourself that you missed the last class because yeah. it's up there. We recorded it so you could play it at any right. time. Right, you can watch the video yeah. um, at any time. Patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Jump on and we appreciate you. We also want to thank your list, the listeners who've been sending us things. At funniest thing, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. In fact, our guest this week, Kirk Chelson, a.k.a. Kirky, often stuffs the box with some amazing postcards, as you know. So we're going to talk to him. I saw he actually had one for me on his desk. Maybe he'll share it uh, <laughs> in advance once he comes on. But um, you know what? We posted a, um, a short Thanks to PodShuttle.io, a.k.a. Indy. Yeah. The Pod Shuttle. He cut up some reels for us and shorts on YouTube. And one of them was um, Jesse Theory, the musician who was on last last week, yes. um, talking about sympathetic resonance. Sympathetic right. Because we're, the whole show is about how our vibration attracts mm-hmm. The circumstances and people and conditions right. into our lives, and we could yeah. always change it right. by moving to gratitude. We attract more of what mm. what we would love because then we get more to be grateful for. But on the other hand, if we start resonating with critical ideas, then we start resonating with those conditions. Right. But at any time, we could change it, just like changing the key or note or chord on a guitar, and that's what you were about to yes, share, this magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, whatever frequency, like you said, is resonating within us, and he was, um, will then, whatever vibrating within us, when it goes out, anything else, that any person, anything yeah. else that's vibrating at that frequency will basically light up. Or even better, tuned, because if the guitar is tuned mm. properly, anyone who's actually tuned into their true self, if you're, if you're radiating love and gratitude and generosity... Well, these people could be, you know, you or I or, you know, but we're kind of like just kind of moping a little bit. We're still, we're tuned in because we really do our morning routine. We meditate. We really want to live this way, but we're not always feeling so great. 
But when we encounter somebody who's eminent, who's vibrating at that level, we start to vibrate at that level. It's so true. And that's why this stuff works so well. That's why the other day I was listening to that Catherine Ponder, which is on Apple Music. I forget the name of the classes. Do you know the In name? her own voice. In her own voice. Look it up on Apple Music if you have it. I think it's on Spotify also. But I was listening to her class about prosperity. And I, my, my, my vibration started to rise. Yes. I went into a taco shop to get food. before. I think I was going to meet you guys. And once you know, I sit down and I just start... I'm blessing the, the cook, whatever, yeah. like just because I want to. You know, right, like, right, yeah. And they're lighting up. And then a guy sitting next to me notices this hat that you gave me. Thank you very much. Um, and said he was just on fire. He wanted to buy the hat. But I was so confident because this hat is like, I love it so much. You know, like It's a it magical hat. I was hat. like, it's not for sale. But he like took pictures. We talked about it. But what I was going to say is this, this clip about... And you can find it. If you go to YouTube, Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, subscribe. We, we just hit 500 subscribers. Uh, this is all Indy's vision to keep that moving. And it's awesome that you guys are it, – it does – for me, I love looking at things. I like the combination of being able to see it. So it's a great place to watch the show. Yeah. And um, so Jesse was talking about this sympathetic resonance, which means that things automatically vibrate at the same frequency to something that's attuned to the same yeah. frequency, right? Yes. And it was cool because – I mean, we get all kinds of comments since we're out here in social media, YouTube land. But I noticed like younger people really resonated, quote, you know, like yeah. with what he uh, with what he said, because uh, Alec Madera said, this is fire. You know, Josh Stamps said, you can relate to, to life itself. Humans are the guitars just out here vibing. And uh, Ian, Ian, maybe uh, Dragomarisco said, just said, cool. Yeah. So I was like, wow, it's it's awesome to hear, you know, because we usually either get people who are into new thought yeah. who this is great, best thing ever, whatever, or someone who's into very like a literal form of Christianity that's like, this is the Antichrist, you know, like, you know, God doesn't love everyone, we're all sitting, you know, so <laughs> we get all, so it's cool to see some like younger people or, yeah. or what I'm assuming are younger people, at least younger style comments. So thank you to Jesse Theory. Check out that episode. Check out our website, DarylNed.com. Let's thank the chief engineer over in Kansas City, Kansas. He handles the uploading of the podcast and adding sound effects wherever you listen to podcasts. His name's Jeff Comfort and each week he takes us right into the comfort zone all right uh indy man thank you over here at chobo studios yep how are you doing great lovely excited excited for this episode and thank you all for the 500 plus subscribers yeah on youtube if you're not there already you're like our own little oprah we love you <laughs> chobostudios.com leader baby yes yes chobostudios.com if you want to use the studio i highly we highly recommend it it's growing it's growing the energy the people that are coming through are amazing oh, yeah. so we are stoked we're excited to be here thank you um let's do our three breaths yes the moment we've been waiting for God help us. <laughs> well, tell us how you came to these breaths, my friend. Honestly, I think the song came on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's how the best things happen, right? <laughs> and you were a sympathetic vibration, uh, sympathetic but resonance. To, but only to one part. Yeah. There's like just these lines. I do sing in my, my uh, when I'm not on this mic. Um, singing the way we sing here. So let's see if I can handle this. It's a, a little higher for me. You could go lower when you do it. How about that? This will make you high as a kite, though, this affirmation. We haven't exactly been 
um, rehearsing this, so let's see how it goes. <laughs> but it is a good reminder. Like uh, our our old limiting beliefs. And who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because our old limiting, my old limiting, critical beliefs can feel really small. You know, like feel really terrible. So this is a good way. To, <laughs> Wait, didn't you? I told you what I was telling myself on the way to the show. I was. Oh my God! Do you want to share, or do you want to? <laughs> no, just no, we gotta do that. We gotta. I gotta remind myself. Who do you say that I am? Oh, me too. Because I told my wife. She's like, "How are you?" Depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but there was actually. It's all. It's all in the divine flow. So let's take okay. a deep breath to clear mind. <sighs> I am. I am. I am Superman. And I can do anything. Ah. I am, I am, I am Superman. <laughs> and I can do anything. Ah. I, am, I am, I am, I am Superman. And I can do anything. Man, that had like you turned that into a bit of like an '80s sitcom kind of like that. The way you said, "I can do it," like the last line of an '80s show, TV show. Well, I know our, our our guest was a big fan of Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> it inspired him to be a screenwriter, I believe. I wanted to say one thing about my morning because. Uh, there's been a lot of. Remember, we had uh, Nancy and Kathy. What they call it, green gunk or whatever that phase when the oh metamorphosis. Yeah, there's like a metamorphosis going on within me. So some of it's, you know, old crap is being, is being released. You know. Yes. And I'm just learning how to, just acknowledge it, right, and not like try so hard to push through it because oh yeah because that oh. that feels like um, I end up. Running and I for the I might feel like I'm getting somewhere, but then at the end of the day, when I'm back alone with myself, that gunk is like still there. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I so today I just heard that my inner kind of voice just telling me, stop trying so hard. Like don't run to your even to your morning routine. Like yes. slow down. This yeah. is not about running away from this stuff. And it 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 was a little scary because I had to like, or I didn't have to, but I felt like I was being kind of just. I mean, it was me. It was my deeper self just telling me, relax. Like, you're making it... I was yeah. making it more real by running from it. Yes. And remember I, I mentioned on Nath, Nancy Norman's Infinite, Infinite Prosperity course on Thursday that that day I had this really profound experience where I I was feeling some of that depression, some anxious stuff, and I, that voice just said, like, just listen to the silence for a minute. And when I did that... I felt my son, like I felt his presence come in, my son Elliot come into my mind and tell me, mom, mom and I want you to be happy, dad, relax, enjoy life. And I felt his love in a way that I, that like, I realized that the stress would like all that worry was like keeping that love out, if you will, you know, and as I slowed down and I kind of surrendered to the unknown it came rushing in. It was such a pleasant surprise. It, it just reminded me that this isn't, this 
Daryl and I talk about this a lot. This whole affirmative thinking, this isn't a way of like controlling everything. It's really about releasing control. Yeah. Like, well, the things that we affirm is just our way of cooperating with what's already true. We're affirming the goodness that is already true about yeah. us to replace these critical tapes that sometimes play. You know what I mean? To re yeah. reestablish ourselves in the kingdom of heaven, in the truth of who we really are. Yeah, because the other, the other the method of thinking I have to push through is I'm trying to overcome an uncomfortable idea, which is now a feeling, by whipping myself out of it. If I mean my, I mean I mean whipping. I mean mm, not. Mm. I mean like lashing at myself. Right. And that was the method I thought was how people succeeded or got through life. I thought. You know, there's no time for crying or, and or feeling bad and push, and then eventually I'll feel okay. But it it doesn't work that way. It the only thing that works is like just stopping everything and just releasing it until that peace comes back, or talking to somebody if you you know what I mean. But not trying to whip myself within myself mm -hmm. and you know when you were saying that i mean i really want to get my mind to be convinced of the fact that the real like like the whole thing like the whole lessons of jesus was basically saying you do realize that if you ever do meet god in the way you think you're going to meet god even if you believe you're not going to meet God until you die, but I'm telling you, you can meet him right now within yourself. He is going to say exactly what you said. You felt Elliot say. He's going to say, all I ever wanted was you to be happy. You worried about nothing. Can't you see that now? Like, you know, if people think they're not going to meet God to the end, he, it's going to feel like that because that's how it feels like to me when I'm free from my own self-condemnation. And just to let us know that you don't have to try to, what I'm trying to say is like even in our description, some of us think we have to try to overcome the self-criticism by telling ourselves, I love myself. Well, we should be telling ourselves, I, you know, I love you. But Louise Hay makes it clear that because we're inherently love, that the real secret is to let go of the, just be mindful and talk to our friends so we can either laugh at when we catch ourselves being overly critical of ourselves or others, or at least be aware of it in our own minds. Because here it is. It says, uh, okay. I find that when we really love and accept and approve of ourselves exactly as we are, then everything in life works. It's as if little miracles are everywhere. Our health improves. We attract more money. Our relationships become more fulfilling. And we begin to express ourselves in creatively fulfilling ways. All this seems to happen without our even trying. And that's what happened immediately after you had that thought. An outsider, like God, it was proven to you by your circumstances. Someone comes up and starts telling you how much he loves your hat 
And then you mm. went to the post box and there was $100 in there. True. Tithe. And here, I'm just going to read more just to the end of this little reading because it's so good and it makes it, it lets us off the hook. Loving and approving of yourself, creating a space of safety, trusting and deserving and accepting will create organization in your mind, create more loving relationships in your life, attract a new job and a new and better place to live, and even enable your body weight to normalize. People who love themselves and their bodies neither abuse themselves nor others. Self And you could just be doing like what I do. Like, I love my nose. You know, I'll say things like that. The things you start to criticize about yourself. I love that I have no hair on the top of my head now. <laughs> it's so much better than the opposite. That's what she means by loving our bodies as they are right now. Yes. And it'll normalize. People who love themselves. Okay, we just read that. Here it is. Self-approval and self-acceptance in the now. That means, just like Jesus said, I, I love this story. I never knew this as a kid. But the magic of the crucifixion story is him being between the two thieves. One represents me going into the past and either thinking, oh, those were the good old days, mm. or oh, look at how many things I screwed up, opportunities, or oh, I did such reprehensible things mm. that I deserve to be punished. Right. And then the other thief is worried about the future. What if this happens? What if that happens? Oh my God, what am I gonna do? And you know what Jesus says to them? He goes, now is the appointed time. Live with me today in paradise. Mm. Meaning all the past that I'm beating myself up for, if I continue to, it's only going to lock me into it. All the worry about the future is going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy of something I don't want. But if I could stop and realize, right now Jesus just told me, or God is saying, I just want you to be happy. You're with me in paradise right now. The change in my thought in that moment ensures all the good of my future. Mm. So it says, to wrap it up, so self-approval and self-acceptance in the now are the main keys to positive changes in every area of our lives. Loving the self to me, and this is Louise Hay speaking, begins with never ever criticizing ourselves for anything. Do you think you could do that? Never ever criticize yourself? For anything? You know, Temple Hayes gave a, dic a definition of addiction. Mm. Whether you liked her definition or not, she said, addiction is doing something I ought not to do, but I keep doing it anyway. Mm. And I'm thinking, what am I really addicted to now? And you know what it is? Criticism and gossip. Gossiping being a repeat offender. Repeating things that offended me to my friends. You know what I mean? Right. Or being self-critical and critical of others. That's the addiction. Think mm -hmm. about it. Doing something I know I ought not and still doing it. But listen. I had that same awareness when I heard her say that. Yeah. I this, and that's where people... 
sometimes miss the boat that that's that it's on that level of and healing. That, that's where the healing that's, occurs. And that is the underlying addiction, I could say, of all our problems. Agreed. Because like she says here, criticism locks us into the very pattern we are trying to change. Yep. And how many times have I tried to stop? This is what I mean about whipping ourselves over the hurdle, mm-hmm. we can't do it because we're using criticism right. to try to get over self-criticism because that's what's making me feel bad in the moment. Mm-hmm. So understanding and being gentle with ourselves helps us move out of it. And look, if you're thinking, oh, yeah, well, you got to criticize yourself some of the time. Well, listen to Louise Hay. Remember, you have been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving yourself and see what happens. Yes. Lil Fillmore says, too many of us today are using words that harm us. We might just as well be speaking words that are constructive, that build up our inner power and joy and then harmonize our outer affairs. This goes perfectly with what you were saying. Because we are justified or condemned by the words we speak. We should recognize the great responsibility that goes with our power of speech because our words are the expression of our thoughts. And that's what really matters, that these words are expressing those thoughts that are going on. We must control (laughs) our thoughts as well as our words and guide them. And I I, I actually would like better what he says here. We guide them into fruitful expression because once they're moving... Like controlling people can think, oh, I should stop this. And that's exactly what my inner voice told me not to try to do today. And that's that's where people sometimes get meditation wrong. It's not stopping yourself, your thoughts. It's actually letting them wander where they want to, but not wandering there with them. You know, letting them go. Because as we stop trying to stop them, they will peter out on their own. Yeah. Because it turns out that it's our attention to things that gives thoughts energy. Yes. And when we're fighting them, we're giving them more attention and they grow. So it's really about like relaxing, easing our attention and not because, I mean, I texted the group yesterday, have a good Friday, no crucifixion required. Yeah, it's the best. And because to me, the crucifixion on some levels, it can inadvertently or maybe advertently, I don't know when it was kind of, you know, I don't know when that imagery was conjured up, but or shared or included as such an important part, but you kind of remember that a lot of old belief systems were based on the belief that we needed to sacrifice something in order for yes. God to then give right. us, yeah. you know, be good to us. Whether it was a goat or a lamb. Right, or- and Jesus' whole message was that no sacrifice is required, that yeah. we actually came in, the kingdom of heaven is within us. It's our job to express it. And there's so yes. many, all of these teachers that we read say the same thing. So it's really important because... To unravel that, like the in principle, there is no, there is nothing crucifying us but our own thoughts, right? That's why I love what you yeah. shared. I've never heard that before. Maybe I have and never remembered it about the two thieves being, an event like they're thieves. One's yes. robbing the past and rob, robbing the now by focusing on the past. Yes. One's robbing the uh, the now by focusing on the future, both out of fear. Yeah. And Jesus is in the middle, and in the, for this for this part, they had to put him on a cross for whatever reason. Right. But he could have been anywhere at a coffee shop between yeah. these two schlubs, you know. And being like, "Come on, man! Like yeah. you've done for yeah. me many times. Come on, God! God, you are perfect right now. God's perfect right now. Look around, dude. Forget about yeah. that stuff. None of that stuff is real. That's a that's an amazing." thing you shared i appreciate that well I, yeah well we've heard it i've heard it somewhere i mean none of this stuff like like 
Charles Fillmore said, we don't make this stuff up. To, uh, thank God. It's like we're just repeating the stuff that's helped us over the years, and we hope it's helping you as well. Right. I was in hell when I used to, because I used to play music a lot, and I and everything was like, oh, I got to make up something new. I like My music got better when I stopped trying to make up stuff new. Our, my life got better when I stopped trying. I have to say all of this stuff in a whole new way. No, it's like when I find something that resonates as truth, I'll share it. And that, that way I become a vessel of that truth. It doesn't matter who said it first or who, you know, if I came up with it. It's, there's, no, like, there's no real anything I'm coming up with anyway. It's coming through me when I'm receptive to it, right? That's why the show works because we become receptive to this truth. And then we start cackling and laughing yeah. and sometimes yelling. And I keep saying yes. And it's be- but it's because this truth turns us on like it really yeah. ignites our spirit and it it changes everything man it changes everything let me read this card yep. from courtney johnson and then we got to bring uh, uh kirky chelson in kirky so courtney johnson sent us a card and a contribution tied she said hi darren on ed i've been enjoying your podcast for years I haven't sent anything in quite a while so here you go keep up the good work love courtney johnson we love you courtney johnson we love everyone out there. And I should just rem- let Go the ahead. listeners know, ironically, mm-hmm. today we're recording this on the Saturday between the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yeah. Because tomorrow's Easter. But you got to remember the crucifixion, I don't know how for most people it's the end of the story. Right. It's not the end of the story. The end of the story is actually that revelation of we're in paradise right now. And then the resurrection is basically the point where God's going, why were you? I just wanted you to be happy. There was nothing to be afraid of the whole time. Right. Like that's the whole thing. And I have to remind, but the best news is just knowing that that is the truth because I could remind myself of that in the morning when I do my morning routine. And it's a game changer. Yeah, that's it's like for me. It's a game changer. That's like the voice in me today was going, don't worry about your mind trying to crucify you. Just let it come up, Ed. Stop running from that. Let it come up. It's, it's going to be over very shortly. I was joking yesterday. I don't think the PR people ran that name Good Friday by Jesus. You think he would have called that? <laughs> I think Sunday should have been the good part. You know? No, maybe he actually did label it that because he knew people were going to screw it up and make it like this horror nightmare. Right. So he wanted to play the jokes on them. I no, think you're right. I think you should call it Good Friday. And he winked at God. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I did hear that like early Christians were using that, would say stuff like that to basically like to stick it to the people who would crucify him. Like, oh, Yeah. We're going to call it Good Friday because our (laughs) Christ never dies, you know, and this truth never dies. And we're not going to be intimidated by by this whole thing. That's a good way to look at it, too. That's like what Mike Dugan used to do with me. I wonder what wonderful thing is going to come of this when I would think it was like a crucifixion. Ah, But he was right because then soon after I'd be going, Mike, you're not going to believe it. This, this and this happened because that didn't work out. Right. Or that fell apart. It really is going along, too. Keep this in mind, folks. Whenever you're going through a difficult time, you can use the crucifixion story like Florence Scovel Shin yeah. and Catherine Ponder recommend, where you go, ooh, when something, like, try to get into the, I wonder what wonderful thing is going to come of this, as you're going to, I'm going to have my demonstration in just three days. 
Remember, that's what yeah. they said. That means in three days, you're in for a demonstration. And that belief alone will attract it sooner than later. I wonder if that's what caterpillars call their friends who are going to, because uh, they, they don't know what's on the other side. So they're afraid of that. Hey, going into that. No, the, the butterfly tells yeah. them that. No, no. <laughs> the butterfly comes with the good news. Yeah. It's but a, the caterpillars are like, oh, my God. It's the end. It's the end. And the butterfly is like, no, I promise you, I'm you. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, critical free Kirky, Kirk Chelson, helps us avoid the pitfalls and potholes of criticism with today's reading, I Am Free. So thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, live from Chobo Studios. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. Welcome back to Funniest Thing. Today's episode is called Open the Door for More Miracles with Kirk Chelson, who is with us live from his man cave in Poland. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. For those of you who don't know, Kirk Chelson is an author. He's a, uh, I think he's done playwrights, screenwrights. <laughs> he's done screenwrights. He's done playwrights. <laughs> he teaches people how to do steak the directing. Fright. He's eating steak frights. Steak frights. He teaches kids how to direct their own plays, like Fazaro when he was a little rascal. Uh, he teaches people how to write the screens. He teaches all sorts of things. And above and beyond all that, he practices this, this stuff. With fidelity, as they say, he every day wakes up, applies this stuff to his brain. Is that an accurate description of you, Kirk Chelson? Yes, it is. It is. Oh, because I got it off your bio, so I just wanted to make sure <laughs> on, off your website, smoothforehead.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please jump on YouTube. You're going to want to see this guest today. He's amazing. Guy doesn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth for it. Uh, I, I thought this show was about being critical free. I can't hear you. What happened? Uh, 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 Kirk, you can't hear us anymore. What happened? No, no, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, I, think I think you were laughing too hard or I was laughing too hard. <laughs> ah, Stephen Thompson warned me about getting He said, tone it down. I can't help it. Sorry, Stephen. So, Kirky, you've been listening to the episode. Got any thoughts while we kick off this segment? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great topic. Not, not, that, not that criticism is great. And it's nice to think about, but it's a great topic because I'm sure anybody can relate to it. I mean, I relate to it. I can understand, um, yeah, how crippling criticism can be and, and how important it is to think about 
think about this stuff and 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 see how much it affects you know not just your thinking but your life as well and yeah i i was just really enjoying listening to you to be honest mm -hmm. with you well remember the other day we were talking when i was walking because kirk and i'll talk on the phone and you were saying how yeah i gotta I can't, I just can't afford to criticize. I don't want to criticize other people because we're all one. What? You want to just share with our listeners what you mean by that? I mean, we know what you mean, but. Yeah, I mean, if I say anything of value today, it's probably because uh, I heard it from someone else or read it from somewhere else. I think that, you know, in terms of like criticism and being critical and, and all that, like, it's not something that comes natural to me. In fact, I I think as long as I can remember, I was actually terrible at at this this area. Not just in terms of being hard and and overly self critical on myself, but toward others as well. I mean, I think I think they go together. Yeah. I think if if you're really self critical, then you tend to be critical on others. And if also if you're really critical on others consciously or unconsciously you're probably really critical on yourself yeah and you know as a kid i felt like nothing i ever did was good enough i don't know if right. i should say it. because to be honest with you i still have days where i feel like nothing i do is good enough um and also then i would lash out at others um and just criticize i remember as a kid i would often hear this the things I would hear repeatedly from my mom sort of stayed with me and uh, deservedly so because I think she was probably trying to help me uh, as most mothers do. But she said, if you can't say something good about somebody, then don't say anything or, you know, because I would just, I would just tear people mm, to shreds. Mm. Um, and it was probably because I was feeling that way about myself. Right. And then, the problem with that sort of behavior, that sort of thinking and acting is that you criticize others, then you feel worse about yourself. So then you criticize yourself and then you criticize others and yeah. then you criticize others. You feel worse, even worse about yourself. Then you criticize yourself more and then you lash out at others. It's like this constant loop. And I don't know, I don't know at what point in my life, it started to sink in and I still don't do this perfectly, but I realized that all of my conversations with people and all of my interactions with people are to some extent a mirror. And if I'm tearing people down, I'm tearing myself down. Yeah. And if I'm tearing myself down, I'm probably going to be tearing other people down. But if I, you know, build myself up and I don't, I, I don't mean in an egotistical, um, you know, arrogant sort of way but if i'm loving myself i tend to love others more if i'm loving others more funniest thing i tend to to be more self-loving and, mm. and less critical of myself so it's all it's all a bit of a circle yeah. and it depends on what way you want to spin that circle you know right yeah that means a lot it, go ahead sorry go ahead yeah and there was something when you guys were talking um you know, a question sort of cropped up into my mind and I was wondering if you can really love someone or something and at the same time criticize it. Because I think if you criticize it or criticize them, you're not completely 
loving and accepting of it. Yeah. And that's not to talk about right. there's such a thing as constructive criticism and destructive criticism. I don't believe that there's no such thing as 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 criticism or critical thinking or critical discussions. But I think there's a big difference between destructive criticism and constructive criticism. And constructive is never judgmental or hurtful or you know f- focusing on on things that are using words like wrong or, or, or that it's more about holding that mirror up in different ways to, to maybe show more things that haven't been been seen yet you know what i mean like one of the things i've learned about teaching and about parenting and about being a friend and, and anything in life is that if i really want to help somebody it's better to ask questions than to tell them what my solution for, for them would be. You know what I mean? And I think I got a lot of that from Fazaro over the years because, and I would look sometimes, I met him almost 30 years ago, and I would look sometimes for advice or for, you know, and he would always ask, well, what do you think? Or, you know, and that always, I, it was always so disarming and empowering to, ask myself, well, what do I think? That's a good question. I'm not even sure what I think sometimes, but it, it yeah, I think it, it was always really constructive. So a lot of this stuff uh, uh, was shared to me uh, through Daryl and through Mike Dugan and, and uh, through some of the Unity, um, you know, some of the Unity books and teachers and things like the Daily Word that Daryl had shared with me and, and that sort of thing. So. Mm. That's high quality stuff there, there, Kirky. Well, I like this because the people listening going, well, yeah, but you still have to criticize. But you just made that clear. Well, we're not talking about, if we really look at it, when we're helping someone, even if it's pointing out where their problem area is, which no one, I didn't have anyone really, no one was able to point out problem areas to me when I was younger because I didn't feel I needed problem areas to be pointed out. But once I became willing, and I'm not saying, and most people who are a little bit more well-adjusted to life than I was at that portion of my life, they welcome Instead of criticism, I think it should be called, you know, it's just holding up a loving mirror. Like, it's being able to present people asking you, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Or even if you say, well, how do you think, you know, sometimes I'll I'll feel, this is it. There's a part of me that always knew something wasn't Right. I'm not even going to use the word perfect because I'm talking about even in art things or even us doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask. I'll feel a little, hmm. I loved, it, loved how everything went, but there's something a little amiss. And in those moments, I have a choice. I could get a friend to hold up a loving mirror or I could just start condemning myself or trying to rationalize why that feeling's not, um, what would you say, relevant, like or, 
you know, important for me to take a closer look at. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. There's that. Or I can ask somebody to hold up a loving mirror instead of justifying it. But then if I ask somebody, now I, because I asked, I have to remain disarmed because my true friend is going to tell me the truth. And here's the thing. It's always something I already knew. I may not have wanted to hear it, but now, but it's, but it's actually, I'm getting validation that my expanding mind, because I'm actually growing and progressing. That's why I felt this little bit of discomfort in my performance, whatever it was. And now I'm just asking a friend to help me. Am I totally off base or is there some truth to this? And if it's a friend, they're going to say, they're going to let me know. They're going to go, wait a minute. I think you need to eat because that was fine. You know, and usually Mm. 99% of the time it's something, it's something as insignificant as I need to eat or I'm tired, you know, those things. But if it is something that needs to be addressed, I don't want to hear it because I don't want to do the work to change. But they'll say exactly what I felt was amiss. Mm. And now here's the other part. Now I have to not lash out at them or take what they say and really just go down the tubes and say, I knew it. Why do I even bother? But the best part is nowadays, even if I do those things to myself, well, why do I even bother? 15 minutes later or whatever, I see it as a blessing and I move forward making the adjustment. Mm. And then I'm excited. I'm feeling it makes you feel good to make that adjustment. Right. What we're talking about is when we're being a repeat offender, we see something that offends us and we want to share it with a friend because that doesn't do us any good. And that's a bad, hard habit to break. The other one is when we're just criticizing ourselves over every little thing you know or something from the past like the two thieves that's what we're talking about that's what louise hay is talking about so i'm glad you made that clear you know the loving yeah i was gonna say and i I really like the the way that you know you use the word reflection and maybe criticism isn't even the right word because criticism always seems to have some sort of negative connotation to itself. Right. Or to it. It's like criticism. Right. Yeah. But but reflection, you know, you can positively reflect over something or you can sort of negatively reflect over it. You can, you can, you know, look for ways to improve it or you can, you know, magnify errors or, or whatever you want to call them um but it it still is what it is regardless of yeah. whether you think it's or bad it's just well what do you want to do with it do you want to just you know crush the life out of it or do you want to breathe more life into it you know what i mean yes there you go now now we're getting somewhere man because what I think also is why it is so important to have a morning routine and a spiritual practice where we get in touch with our divinity. Yes, yeah. Is because when we're in a fearful state of mind and we forget our divinity, things become too critical. Like we start trying to, 
we're looking for our divinity, really at the heart of all. We're looking to feel our divinity, our wholeness, our oneness. But we start pecking at little things because we've lost touch with our divinity. But those things that we peck at, they're never going to get us in touch with the divinity which we really seek, which is going to, the true thing that's going to satisfy us is love. So once we are in tune with the love, then when I say I'm guiding a student or someone, I'm, and when Daryl's talking to me, it's like all you're really attempting to do in my experience with Daryl is get me back in line with my actual power, with my actual joy. It's yeah, not yeah. about, it's not even about opinion as much yeah. as it's like a feeling almost like something you're saying doesn't feel like you're coming from your most powerful and true place. And you can take it or leave it, but that's I'm getting that feeling, right? Yeah. It's it's and it's strong and it is so different. That's why Daryl and I've said this before on the show, something that I used to say is like, I gotta be careful of doing critical thinking about less than critical issues. And that's pretty much every time it feels bad, there's some some sense of that right like there's some sense of where my self-worth is getting caught up in it because dude life is if we're doing what is in our heart to do we're already on purpose i I looked up the word purpose because i was meditating on it per means pure pose means like poise or pause or position when we come from that pure position of being aligned with our divinity with who we truly are so many other things work out on yeah. our behalf that it's not like little tricks. So I got to write the yeah. right word or I got to right. say it the right way or I got to do it this way. Otherwise, no, God is like, that's why artists come forward. You might say they're terrible, but somehow they're experiencing this. Somehow they've gotten in this flow of great success that blows yeah. the doors off. What? You're not allowed to do that in movies. How can that work? But then it blows everyone's mind and redefines the paradigm, right? Like these things come along by someone who's, inspired and just goes with that and it redefines what's possible you know what i like that you said in the beginning i don't know if you meant it this way or not but when i'm not in tune with just being comfortable with my own skin in the moment Mm. which is within tune with my own divinity Mm. and you said then everything becomes then then it uh we become too critical it may Everything, I, I start to feel apprehension mm. because I'm not in tune with my true self. So everything becomes too critical, meaning mm-hmm. I can't make any mistakes. I, everything, everything starts becoming overwhelming because I'm forgetting my power. But when we're in touch with it and we realize, wait a minute, none of this stuff is really that significant. Mm-hmm. Like there was that book many years ago. Don't sweat the small stuff. And then in tiny, the subtitle is, it's all small stuff. And it's just like Jesus was saying to those two thieves. It's like, or like, you know, and then knowing that there was no reason for us to have got been this, taking everything so critically, carefully. Right. Like, and I don't mean with the word care. I don't don't even know if that's the right word, but with so much apprehension because mm. then I keep loot stealing my own power. But when I can go, I wonder what wonderful things are going to come of this or, and treat it just like, you know, if I can get into that childlike mentality, which I've been able to get good at at many different points. Right. I mean, I can get there for seemingly critical things throughout my life because of these teachings 
and reduce the critical, seemingly critical situation into its proper perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I walk through it with like the fool on the tarot card, you know, with that childlike faith. It's like, wow, like you said, everything falls into place. Yeah, when you hearing you describe that and the way you're you're so demonstrative, it's really awesome for me because what well, we talk about too much self will yeah. when we're afraid and we're trying to manipulate things on the level of self will, we forget divine will is so much more powerful. Like I can go to a meeting and if I get afraid, self will starts going, You didn't fill out this paper right, you didn't and it's not even accurate information. Because the divine will is carrying me so much more than any of that little stuff. And when I surrender, this is why this stuff is so amazing. The divine is so much more generous than most of us oh, yeah. have been taught to be with ourselves or others. The divine sent us here. We are the divine. We were sent here by the divine. The divine flows through us to share it generously. It's not We're not on hold until we reach some other level or get something. We just got to be in a – we just – benefit from being in a place of receptivity to our good sharing our good and then yeah. let god show us where to go let god show us what to do let life show us how amazing we are like you called it the governor on an engine recently yeah the governor is telling you to slow down just because it's set to That's right. slow that it's not really bad for you to be going that fast but that little these little governors in our mind, these little limiting beliefs are going, oh no, Ed, slow down. And, but they're not accurate. That's yeah. what Jesus was saying to all these Pharisees. They're like, you're telling people misinformation. I am what you're talking about. And I'm here to tell you that we are all the kingdom of God, that you don't need to have a thousand commandments before you can be that. You already are that. You know what's amazing? Just the other day, I had a dentist appointment on Wednesday. Mm. And I was thinking about, okay, I'm going to the dentist today, you know. And I'm taking my shower, and I was thinking, man. So when I, I, I entered the Coast Guard, I was 22. My dad died five years before. So I was in the Coast Guard. I'm, I bottomed out. I met Mike Dugan. And... One of the things that happened was, you know, he said, well, you, you know, make a dent. Like, because I was changing my whole life, you know, mm. even though I was in the military. He goes, you know, start taking care of yourself. Is there anything you need to be doing? I said, well, yeah, I haven't been to the dentist in five years. So he said, oh, well, why don't you just make a dentist appointment? I make a dentist appointment, you know, on base. This, I'm in the military. And this um, Asian lady was the dental hygienist and dentist. And she's working on my teeth. And she goes, oh, there's a lot of plaque buildup. And she goes, you're going to have to come back next week to get this. So I'm thinking about that. And I was thinking, holy cow. And I started going back to before that and after that. Mm. And if you look back over your life, I don't care who you are. Because I've had a lot of seemingly negative things happen in my life. And if I could do this, I was thinking, holy cow. God was there every step of the way. Mm. Like as as bad as a person I thought I was and as bad as some of the behavior I was doing toward myself, you know, sabotaging mm. myself with mm. all the things I was doing because I didn't know any other way. It was like 
I was always taking care of all the way up until now. How does this happen? If you look at your life, we've all really been cared for. And the only times I wasn't is when I said no. Right. But as soon as we ask for help, the healing begins. It's like it comes. Mm -hmm. And I was just seeing how all the physical ways I've been taken care of. It was crazy. That's great. I mean, that makes me think about the real question is, if I ask myself, has this voice that feels bad and has criticized me, has that ever really helped me in those situations you're talking about at those times when I no. thought, or was that actually the voice that was getting me in was, trouble? Yes. Kirk, you said to me the other day when we were FaceTiming, you said, and I don't know, I think you meant it this way that I took it, but it meant so much to me when you said meditation is the price of admission. You remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do remember talking with you about that. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I spend some time in prayer and meditation every morning. And no, I'm not saying this to brag because uh, I don't, I don't do it to look good. Not that it looks good, but um, <laughs> I do it because when I wake up, I feel like my mind is already going yeah. with critical, over overly critical thinking, negative thinking, pessimistic thinking, lackworthy thinking, thoughts of fear, and I like to just take a take a minute to just sort of set set myself or yeah. reset myself or or you know i've I've heard you and others talk about setting your intention for the day or you know whatever terms you want to use but um slowing down and getting to that place where a i'm starting to think positively again you know take small little steps to start thinking constructively yeah and b is also to be able to listen just to listen to Listen to the thoughts, even even without judging what those thoughts are, or trying to force myself not to think those thoughts, or criticizing myself for having certain types of thoughts. Mm. Just starting to get aware with what my thinking is like, and then starting to say, "Well, maybe I would rather think differently today. Maybe I would rather not think those thoughts. Maybe I would rather just put them aside for a while." You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the context of what we were talking about when we we're talking about it, but in a way it's like, it's the price of admission for being present and, and to start, to start to be able to be, to be open as a channel for this, this greater thing that's flowing th through us and that's everywhere and you know what i mean yes actually being present and um i think so much of uh so much of my life and my thinking and my experience now is is not necessarily willing to think a certain way or to not think a certain way but just to start to be aware and more aware and just just more 
more at peace with it all somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is making any sense, but one thing I do in the morning is that I, I read a bunch of things. Some are, some are things that Daryl gave me many, many years ago. Some are things that I found on my own. Um, and one of them I found today was actually funny because uh, as you guys know, and, and maybe some people who listen to the show know, I, I, I send postcards to you guys with stuff I sometimes read and, and, and see. And that's not something that I made up, you know, the cat's out of the bag here, but Daryl was doing that 20 years ago to me. When I moved from LA to New York, he was sending me these little postcards with things he would read from Emmett Fox or something like that. And, um, so I read uh, this morning, one of the books I read, I read this quote and it jumped right out at me because it reminded me of what today's show was going to be about. And it reminded me of what you and I were talking about the other day, Ed. Right. And it was in this book uh, by Karen Casey. I don't know much about her, but it's a daily meditations for practicing the course. I'm not a course milkers guy. I tried to look at that book once and I thought this, this is like a phone book. It's so thick and it keeps circling back. (laughs) Yes. And you know, Maybe there are people out there who get a lot from it. Um, I've gotten a lot from a couple of people like Karen K- Casey, Alan Cohen, or even you guys to dip your toes in that water and, and wade through that stuff and, and, and pull stuff out of it. I think there's probably a lot there. Um, but one thing she said in this morning reading was, what was the role that Jesus played for us? He was the great teacher who saw not his detractors. Mm-hmm. And that just jumped out at me today because I knew we were going to talk about criticism a bit. And, you know, these detractors are the criticizers, the haters, the the ones, the doubters, the naysayers, you know, whatever you want to call them. And it was only after I read it and then I wrote it on the postcard. So it was like I reflected over yeah. it later in the same day. And then it occurred to me that there's like another level to that. It's not just that he was the great teacher who sh- who saw not his detractors outside of him. Right. He was a great teacher who saw not his detractors inside of him. Right. And the detractors mm-hmm. inside the head. These 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 thoughts of self condemnation. These thoughts of criticism. These thoughts of of lack, fear. I'm not good enough you know, whatever you want to use. And um, yeah, it just really struck me. I mean, there's a time and place for criticism, perhaps. But I think you have to be careful with how and where and when you use that. And I know just as you know, with writing, I often talk to my students, it's um, there's two quotes from writers that I've heard that I really you know, they really speak to me and they're really short and they're, they're basic, but they say a lot. And one was Hemingway. It was right drunk edit sober. And the other was Stephen King, uh, you know, right with the door closed and edit with the door open. And it's like, it's, there's a time and place for both, but the time for the one is not the time for the other. You know, if you, if you're really critical in the act of creation, before anything, you know, has a chance to live and breathe and and, and grow, you've destroyed it. It's uh, like it would be like judging a baby on on how they walk. 
Like they don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> but give them time, give them love, give them space to become themselves, and who knows? They'll probably do far more interesting walking and work than than you do. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that it's a balance. And how do you get this balance? I don't have the answer, but I know that talking to others uh, that you feel come from a place of constructive criticism as opposed of destruct as opposed to destructive, you know, um, list trying to listen to that inner voice that that price of admission. Getting back to meditation, when I get quiet, usually that still small voice that some people call God or whatever they want to call it, it's more constructive in a it's more like a constructive sort of voice. It's a, it's a positive voice. It's a yes voice. It's an opening voice. It's usually the loud voices that I don't that that, that occupy more space in my head w- when I'm not meditating or when I'm you know if if I'm watching the news or you know there's so much bombast in the world these days and the news and social media whatever. The loud voices are usually the opposite. You know they're like the unstill loud voice you know right so um yeah you know i think uh, a few minutes in the morning always pays huge dividends over the course of the day in terms of silencing or embracing or you know uh figuring out what to do with that inner critic you know i don't think that you can ever suppress that inner critic but it's more about you know, just learning how to live with it and not under under its uh, domination. <laughs> <laughs> under its spell. Yep. You want to read the Daily yeah, Word? Yeah, you got to read this you? Daily Word before yeah, we close up. Because this is such a good... This is from 1928. It was sent to us by Reverend Michael Schoonover. Yeah. Yeah, and I also want to say that you were asking, like, is what you're saying making sense? And I want to say that every great spiritual teacher I've read has said the same thing, and that's why it probably struck me so strongly, too, when you said it, because I love when I hear it simply. It's just meditation is so essential, man. The morning routine is so essential because it's the actual, in real time, me connecting with my divinity, with whatever this is we're talking about. I have an actual experience of it. And it changes everything and it puts me in connection with the things that I'm reading about. So I'm no longer just reading about them. I'm experiencing them and that changes everyone thing that puts us all on a level playing field. We, we meditated and prayed with a woman from Unity of Santa Barbara who prays like in the Sufi tradition and Daryl and I love her. Her name is Jocelyn. Yeah. And she kept referring to it like get in touch with your secret, your secret. And I was it really struck me. She was talking about your connection with God. And I realized that is a secret that each person has. And if we want to get in touch with our own secret, so it's not secret to us, we have to, I have to do so. Like when I'm running, when my mind's running like a bull in a critical, a critical bull in a China shop, there's like no reading just makes me sick. It's like, Oh, it's all judging me. It's all, it's the meditation that reopens me to the silence, which then allows me, to even access any of the other stuff. So I, I, I think what you said makes perfect sense. Well, and you know, you also said something that I hope people heard, that I heard. You know, when we meditate, meditation, and all the great teachers said 
the same thing. Although you don't, you may not hear it from the people who talk about meditation loudly, but if you read the readings and you see what all the great people who talk spoke of meditation, you get in touch with, like you were saying, an optimistic mm -hmm. feeling. Yes. You feel enthusiastic. And isn't it funny that that word means with God, infused with God. You're plugging in to a, a feeling of, yes, I can. Mm. Like almost the childlike faith comes awake. Mm. So you can, I can proceed forward. And I never heard those two uh, quotes on writing. But those are fantastic for anything creative. Mm -hmm. You know, create drunk, edit sober, or write drunk, edit sober. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other one by Stephen King, because even Sister Corita Kent said, there is, you, there's no room for criticism during the creative process. Yeah. Forget about it. Let yourself off the hook during mm -hmm. the creative. It's the hardest thing to do because mm -hmm. we've been taught mm -hmm. the opposite. It's not our fault that we think the opposite. We have literally been taught the yep. opposite yep. through the education system. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'm not blaming anyone. It was just the way it was done to be constantly criticizing as we're proceeding. It doesn't work. But what you said and I know it's a good, the right thing to do because when I heard you say, right, drug, get it sober, I felt like a connection to my higher self going, yeah, like I could, you know, I could move forward with that. Yeah. Why weren't they telling me that? And I know we don't mean literally drunk, although Ernest Hemingway may have been at <laughs> 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 points from his story. But however, we know what he really means. What he's yeah. saying is, Hey man, throw that reasoning mind out of the room, that critical thinking out of the room. It doesn't belong here. Yeah. And just go for it, man. And man, that feels so good. That Perfect. is in touch with our true self. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Man, what a big oh, weighty wet blanket I'm throwing out of my brain right now. I know. Oh, yeah, this isn't right. This isn't right. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, you know, like, yeah. get out of here. We're creating, man. Get out of here. All oh, right. Oh, wait. Kirk set up by the fireplace with his glasses and his cognac. Ooh, Kirk looks just like Buddy <laughs> Holly. No, he's sitting with his cognac. Like, oh, wow. Heavy theater. Yes. Yeah, to read to us tonight. He's going to read drunk. So I hope everyone's in a nice, comfy spot for this reading. Yes. All right, all right, all right. All right, the Daily Word, Monday, August 6th, 1928. Today's word of power. I do not criticize or condemn myself or others. There is no fault finding in my consciousness, the consciousness of man's innate perfection. I am free from all tendency to criticize or to condemn. I have no desire to find fault or to call attention to the shortcomings of myself or others. I do not care to look at the imperfections of others. Back of all appearances, I behold the perfection of man's spiritual being. 
Free from criticism and condemnation, my consciousness no longer shows any tendency to self-condemnation. I give up the habit of condemning myself for deeds of the past. I free myself from all inclination towards self-condemnation. Instead of criticizing others, I rejoice to praise them. Instead of finding fault, I am happy to be able to see the good and the true. Through my consciousness of man's innate perfection, I can see myself and all others as the sons of God, for such we are. My spiritual consciousness is at one with the spiritual consciousness of all men. Through the higher consciousness, we are able to see one another as we are in truth. And the Bible reading is, Neither do I condemn thee, go thy way. From henceforth, sin no more. John 8, 11. I love that. Even that Bible verse, because he's basically, this is Jesus telling the guy who he just helped yeah. at the river, who he asked, hey, do you want to be healed? And the guy goes, I've been coming here for 35 years, and people run in there before me. And Jesus doesn't say hey stop criticizing he just mm -hmm. said he just says do you want to be made well he just repeats asks a question he does exactly like dugan he says all right whatever do you want to be made well and the guy goes yeah and then he goes okay pick up your blanket and then he reminds the guy but listen man stop with this self-imposed nonsense that's yeah. what the sin means what you just did here that complaining don't do that anymore or else right. you're going to be in trouble again. Forget about criticizing, and you're going to be just fine. <laughs> right. from, from here, from henceforth, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, That is great stuff. Yeah, and, and there's also like a really practical piece in there that reflects some of the other stuff that you've shared with me over the years in, in other books as well, is that don't criticize praise. If you're praising... You're not criticizing. You can't criticize. If you're criticizing, you can't praise at the same time. You're not praising. Right. So, if you're struggling, if I'm if I'm struggling with criticizing, if I just remember, we'll do the opposite. Take contrary action. Praise. Yep. Praise the people. Praise those situations. Yep. Situations. Praise those aspects of yourself. Praise yourself. Um, then then you're not criticizing anymore. That's right. And I. I I think that, uh, you know, there's also something to that reading in that um, perfection has imperfection and there is no, there is no perfection without imperfection. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. whether it's um, a, a piece of art, like a story or a song or whatever, it's like the imperfections, the flaws, the things that are different, the the unique things, the, the things that are particular to the creator. I also know what diamonds. I don't know much about diamonds, um, but somebody was recently telling me that all diamonds have flaws and, and the, the types of flaws are what, you know, make certain diamonds more valuable than others. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's as a diamond without a flaw. You can't have that. And, right. and, I think that, you know, if we're criticizing and, and focusing on imperfections, we're missing the bigger picture and that, you know, there is no perfection. 
uh, it's unattainable except maybe in a vacuum. Yeah, well, I would say, I said another way, there's no perfection from the perspective of the critical mind, but through the mind of God, it's all perfect and it's always unfolding perfectly in every moment. There you and go. Now, you one up me. Wait, I got well, some. Well, no, it's just an evolve. Yes. Wait. Yeah. Let me I, check that off my list. Okay. <laughs> Wait. All right. Go ahead. What was the name of that guy who played cards and beat everybody, played by James Gardner? Was it Maverick? Ooh, Maverick. Maverick. Yes. Okay. So listen, Maverick. Was that, was that James Gardner or was that Rod Schweitzer? <laughs> well, I got to tell you a miracle story real quick. Yeah. Because all this you're saying goes along with Emmett Fox is saying, I can have my in indignation, which means my I could be criticizing the situation, or I can have my demonstration, means the outcome I would really like. Right. So Lori and I both go to dentists at the same time, so we get different, you know, we go into different rooms, different sure. um, hygienists to work. Lori has very sensitive teeth, like so... She's always all like bunched up in her mm -hmm. shoulders, you know, because any little thing, if it hits it, it's like very painful. Like she never complains about it, but she tells me about it and the dentists know about it. But I end up with this one woman who was so good working on my teeth. And I go, oh, I wish this was the lady Lori got because part of me was glad that I didn't get this other fella. Mm. And I was hoping she didn't get this other fellow because so, he to me looked like inexperienced, mm. right? I was judging him. So Lori comes out, she goes, oh my God, that was the best I ever had. And I go, really? She goes, I even told the dentist. So what happened? She said, when I saw who I was getting, it was this young, he looked inexperienced, and he was kind of bumbling a little. I started to panic, this is Lori talking. So I mean, I said, no. God, I'm going to bless him. This is going to be great. And she started praising him in her mind. She said, I couldn't believe it. She goes, not one ounce of pain. Like normally they hit something in her mouth that, you know, and he was so careful and methodic. She said, I even told him, and part of me still wanted to hang on my judgment. Right. Because I go, I think I had that guy before and he was terrible. You know, mm. my mind is telling me. So I even said, really? He did it like he was really good. He was the best. And I'm going, holy cow. I'm glad I didn't say it. I didn't, because she already saw it and caught it in her own mind. But if I said something in me, because I saw him in the waiting room, and I could have easily, you know, oh, no, I hope neither one of us gets that guy. You know, and that would have made it worse. But it just shows you, you can't have both things in the same mind. But the power of praise Mm. is so much more powerful and it's almost like it's absurd to say no i'm not going to do that i want to keep my negative idea about this fella or this condition it really is childish to do that not childlike mm. it's childlike to go really i could use a magic wand and if i say nice things about this guy <laughs> in my mind it'll change it like and Lori just had that real-time experience doing exactly what you were saying. It's not even just a nice thing to do. We should praise instead. <laughs> because the way I felt about my life when people would present it that way, I was like, yeah, go pound salt, pal. If you had to deal with what I deal with, mm. you know, the last thing you would do is praise. You know, but, <laughs> but you start praising 
it's a power. It's a spiritual power. Yeah. And it it it's it actually is so powerful because it's in it's in alignment. It's in tune with the truth, the force of everything of the you know the positive stream of life itself. Mm. Wow, I could feel that stream coming through when you're doing the bringing it in, man. I'm going to read this last thing from Rebecca Clark. She says, "Believe in yourself. Believe you were made and meant to perform any task without calling for the aid from anyone, without growing too scornfully proud. Just believe that you are endowed with as much as the greatest person who ever lived." You have a marvelous mind to do thinking, two hands and feet, eyes and ears, and all the tools God gives to the wise. You are divinely designed, perfectly meant for the work of mankind. Whatever heights man has reached, you can also reach. Whatever success has been attained, you can also attain. You are the radiant, all-wise, all-loving, all-conquering child of God. A new day is here to be experienced, a day filled with wonderful hours, ready to reveal their particular treasures. Be opened and be receptive. Oh, beautiful and eternal child of God, know your worth. Ah. All right. So, Kirky, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Did you have anything you want to say before we read a, a quick story we found about you in the Polish press? No, just thank you. I, I, I love your show, and I love you guys. So thank you for everything. Well, thank you. We love you, too. Yeah, we love you, too, and appreciate your wisdom and your friendship. And our talks before school sometimes, and it really always helps me stay connected to this stuff. So what's and listen to this. Kirk was always a clean cut fellow. Remember that? Yeah, I knew him thirty years ago. He had no beard, dapper, and rather conservative in appearance. Oh. One day, after they hadn't seen him in a while, he showed up with the full beard. Daryl and Ed were shocked. Kirky, are you okay? What inspired the new look? Kirk smiled and exclaimed. Listening to the funniest thing. Daryl and Ed were even more surprised. Really? Kirky's smile grew even wider. Yeah. One episode, you said to ask myself, what would Jesus do? So I grew a beard. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. You got any th- uh, wisdom you want to share yes, with us before Yes, I got we go? some wisdom right now, folks. Just think. Well, you've been getting down and out about the liars and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world. You could have been getting down with this sick beat. I never miss a beat. I'm lightning on my feet. <laughs> and that's what they don't see. Oh, yeah. That's what they don't see. Mm-hmm. Pray is gonna pray, 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 pray. And the hate is gonna hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. Shake it off, shake it off. Visit DarylNet.com to find easy th- links to everything we do. And thanks for being a part of Funniest Kirk Thing hey, with Daryl Does the prayers gonna pray, 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 pray. And the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. Shake it off, shake it off. Woo! Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. 
This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards.